0: Great, great to see everybody upstairs and down. Um, just had a WhatsApp message from uh, Dave Hill over from uh, West Lothian. Uh, they didn't do a sort of full Burns supper last night but they did do a kind of Burns bingo which kind of really works quite well in the kind of Livingston uh, thing. And uh, I mean, I think they had, hundred. he said they had 130 guests. Which was for noise, the best they've ever had. Uh, they're then doing messy church today, so that kind of like people can kind of get involved to so the community. And then they they're launching their Alpha course uh, next Sunday. So uh, they're really so do pray over this week uh, for them that they just really get a lot of people at the Alpha course. This is sort of their first really big Alpha course that they're trying to launch. So very exciting um, and very different to us. Um, so I am talking uh, this morning about <coughs> this series on what kind of church are we, and um, I'm kicking off with a church that loves one another. That's a, a good, real great foundation, isn't it? A church that loves one another. What does that mean? Sometimes, um, if you're like me, uh, it, it feels like, yes, that's such a great such a great sentiment. We, we, we really should be kind of loving one another. But it, it kind of gets kind of merged into a rather kind of misty concept that we're kind of like, so what does that mean practically? Well, yeah, but we, you know, we should love one another. And, and it, what we find, interestingly, is that Jesus really wants this to be quite practical, quite tangible in terms of what does it mean. It needs to, you need to be able to see it, demonstrate it, rather than it just being a kind of concept that's in our heads. Okay, I really love you, brother. You know, yeah, well, what does this mean for me? Uh, and it, there needs to be some tangible sign of it. And uh, interestingly, this is exactly what he faced. And I'm going to really be looking um, at this well-known uh, parable. Um, and he's, Jesus is dealing with this lawyer uh, who asks that sort of question um, what does it really mean to love one another? And then he gives a very clear, he gives a parable to explain in a very practical way what that means. And we're going to be looking at five uh, hindrances and five real helps that can help us as a church love one another better. Great? All with me? Cool. Off we go. Um, Luke 10. <clears throat> and a lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying, Teacher! what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to, to him, well, what's written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, well... Who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. And they stripped him and they beat him and went away leaving him half dead. And by chance a priest was going down on the road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levi also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds and pouring oil and wine on them. He put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Now, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, well, the one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, go and do the same. I, so as I said, I, I want to kind of hang this on what I'm calling five hindrances Selfishness, dishonesty, judgmentalism, winning the argument, and super spirituality. And then after we've looked at these, we're going to look at sort of five Christ-like characters. Um, So you can kind of take notes of that if you want. Um, You know, as we look at this passage, we see many of the kind of human weaknesses coming out. It's the same weaknesses that we face today. Okay? Some of the same things that we see there are the same things we face that actually stops us from loving one another. Jesus is addressing this very issue with the lawyer. But instead of sort of saying, look, look, mate, it's this, 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 okay? He actually tells this parable to, to give a very graphic image, of, so a very practical image of what it actually means for him. So he doesn't get kind of lost in some some kind of misunderstanding. He gives a clear image, and everybody can who's hearing it can hear as well. He wanted to get practical. He wanted to prevent it from disappearing into some slushy emotional euphemism, some sort of soundbite that sounds really great and catchy, but doesn't really help us to know if we're getting any closer to God's understanding of, What it means to love one another. I think he told this parable to shock them a little bit, to lead them into trying to sort of second guess well, who is going to be the person that's actually going to show the love and care to this beat up traveler? I guess it's rather like, I quite like a good crime drama, don't you? Um, And, uh, Often you're, kind of, you're, you're at that bit, Anne and I are trying to kind of guess who it is, who's, who's going to be the one, you know? And you're thinking, no, 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 that, that's just they're trying to lead us off the path there. They're just trying to, they're trying to point to him, but it actually isn't going to be him because that's what they're trying to do. So it must be somebody else. It must be the person that they don't really, that they're kind of keeping back. You know how it is. That's, they're all pretty much the same. Um <laughs> <laughs> and and he's kind of doing that here. He's kind of saying, "Well, there's a priest." You think, "Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he he should be the one." No, no, he's not. And, and leave. Oh, no, 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 he's not. No, he's not the one. So who is it? Is it? No, not surely not him. Yeah, him, the Samaritan. Um, so first point selfishness. Let's look at selfishness. This selfishness is one of the things, I think, that actually stops us from genuinely loving one another. Surely the priest will stop and help. No, he averts his gaze and he walks on. The same with the Levite. We kind of identify. We can identify with this. It's kind of like we just, it's just I mean, another time Another situation, I mean, just right now, you've got me at a rather busy point. I I, I mean, if you knew actually what I had to do right now, you'd understand why I can't stop, okay? And we have these things, we have these little mess, these things that are going around in our head, little little excuses, okay, Um, as to why this isn't the right time. The trouble is that deep down, I know, like the Levite, that it's going to cost me something. I mean, come on, I'm going I'm to get there, and I'm going to try and help this guy, and I'm just gonna, it's going to cost me money. And the guy looks a mess, so I'm going to have to patch him up, and kind of like, I'm going to get blood on my new clothes that I've got on. And, you know, I mean... You know, it's going to take me right out of my way. That that appointment I had that was so important, I'm going to miss because actually. And then, so you know, my wife's going to worry about where I've been and so on. Why, why I was delayed for two or three hours? Uh, we always have those things. That kind of you can you've got to put yourself into that situation. We have those things that we kind of that we do that actually just uh, ultimately. What is it? What is that? <laughs> Ultimately, it's just selfishness. Self- it's just like I'm just what I'm not doing. Okay, what's the what's the difference? What's the other side of selfishness? When I'm not selfish, do you know what I do? Do you know what you do? You put yourself in that person's shoes, don't you? That's what that's what you have to do. You have to kind of turn it around and thinking. Let me just turn this around a minute. <clears throat> Let me turn it right around. Let me. Let me just think, hang on, if that was me, and to be honest, it could have been me. I'm, I'm just walking down the same path. He obviously just got here half an hour earlier than me. And he got beat up, and it could have been me who got beat up. And I could be lying there on the ground, and somebody else could be coming along and thinking, oh, yeah, time, money, new, new shirt, you know, <laughs> another time, mate, another time. So we actually as we turn it around and we put ourselves in that situation, we act differently. Yeah. That's that's what I mean by the opposite of selfishness. We put ourselves in that situation. We're thinking, hmm. I'm not just talking about helping some somebody on the street. I'm I'm stopping. I'm making the point that actually, even in church life, we see things. We think, yeah, there that person there is in quite a tough situation. Twenty-five quid could go an awful long way. Wouldn't cost me hardly anything, and actually, it could just really ease that situation. I I guess I'm a I'm appealing and saying, let's be sensitive. Let's not just kind of. Think about it from our point of view. You know, I've got bills to pay. Yeah, let's kind of, let's think about it from that person's perspective and what we could do to help. Secondly, (coughs) dishonest. (coughs) We're often just plain dishonest with ourselves. Uh, (laughs) Caring about people means actually being honest with them. I think when, <clears throat> when we have fake friends, okay, we just say things because we just wanna be liked. I don't really care, I'm not really trying to help you, I'm just trying to say something. <laughs> what do you think of this? Oh, well, absolutely wonderful. We're saying it because it actually, it's not really honest, it's not actually what we think. It's actually, I just wanna be liked in this situation. and i think we've got to be we've got to be honest in our love we've got to be loving and honest with people is genuine love and interestingly <clears throat> the question that was really being asked by the lawyer to Jesus was really this one <clears throat> so who is my neighbor but really what he's saying here is really can you just tell me who's not my neighbor <laughs> can we just work out who's not my neighbor so that i can actually just kind of kind of boil it right down i, I mean i don't want to bother with those lot you know i don't want to kind of needlessly kind of help people that really aren't my neighbor <laughs> you know i want <laughs> i want to just i want a nice neat little circle right <laughs> But actually, if you just tell me, no, it's just those lot, okay? That's all you have to worry about. <clears throat> and so, <laughs> G- Jesus is great about this. This story is just bringing out some truths here, okay? And obviously, he, he's purposely put the Samaritan, who doesn't get on well with, or the Jews don't get on well with them, think, that's not going to be the samaritans they they would never help a jewish guy you know and it's a sort of a bit like you know we all have those kind of uh, biases and things don't we even in our own culture uh, whether you're edinburgh glasgow <coughs> america canada <laughs> dare i say it, england france <laughs> we have those little things that kind of like, kind of like, yeah, well, they they would never help. There's no room for discrimination in the love of God. There's not an in-group and an out-group. We just need to be honest with one another. We need to say what we really mean. Third point. I'm going to come back to that a bit in some of the positives. Okay, third point, judgmentalism. Um, the Pharisees, as we well know, they, they, they were great at pointing out the kind of mistakes in people. They were just very really bad at actually trying to help. It was always judgment without any help. I'll tell you exactly where you've gone wrong and exactly how short you are, but I'm never actually going to lift one finger to help you in terms of the love of God. And Jesus was mad at them because he saw their kind of judgmentalism, their kind of distancing. Um, and before we sort of jump to the fence of this poor tra- traveler and point the finger at these religious guys, <coughs> let's just think how easily we do the same. We just make up our own stories we want to give people handy tips. Well, oh right, you're in that situation. You're in a real financial fix. Let me kind of go through you. Let me, let me, let me give you some advice. Maybe you want some advice. Now, what I, what would really help me is a hundred quid to pay my gas bill. <laughs> you know, I don't want advice really. You know, and there's a kind of, we just, uh, we, we need to be people who are not entering into that. Romans 14, 13 says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in my brother's way. Let's not be judgmental. Let's not kind of think this point, yeah, well, he probably got in that fix because he just didn't budget properly. He, he actually, uh, <clears throat> in a different situation, if actually he had been more sensible then actually he wouldn't be in this, in this, this issue. We, we play that, don't we? We all play those kind of things. We kind of go around and we kind of think, actually, this person just needs to kind of learn some lessons of life. And that kind of stops us from thinking, and Jesus is saying, so what are you going to do about it? Yeah, but I mean, I'm not in that person's situation because they're just an idiot. We make a judgment. And we kind of stand away. And that's kind of what, that's what I think probably the, uh, the Levi and the priest were doing. They were walking by. They were making some judgment about this guy. You know, what an idiot. He kind of fell into this problem. It, you know, if he'd actually kept the law, he wouldn't be in this issue, which is rubbish. Um, but that's kind of where they were going with it. Fourthly, winning the argument. We need to come off our moral high ground, we talk quite a lot about this when we do marriage prep um, for people in the church, of actually if you uh, actually start to try and just kind of, you're just concerned about winning the argument with someone, you kinda, you're kind of winning the argument, you can instead of seeking kind of unity and collaboration and helping someone, you're actually just trying to show them that actually you're right. I just want to show you I'm right. And when we start getting into the I want to show you I'm right position, then we're not, it stops us from really loving them. This, uh, Paul says in Corinthians 1, one, I appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree with one another in what you say and there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought there was a a real sense his heart for the church with this was that there was going to be unity there was going to be a sense of actually rather than just kind of kind of looking at I just want to prove I'm right I want to show I want to work a way through that's going to work to a harmony and a unity uh, for you and to love one another we need to be seeking unity yeah In the church, if we're going to have a church that's a loving church that's loving one another, we need to be. We need to have as a as a goal. I'm trying to. I want to find a way through for unity here. The same with other churches in our city. We need to find a way through for unity. It 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 hinders um, loving one another. And fifthly. Super spiritual. I think sometimes it just kind of disappears somewhere. That actually, um, instead of it getting practical, it gets kind of too spiritualized. And Jesus was just great at, he he could have given a, a theological answer. Instead, he just told a story about this man who got beat up. And who helped? He made it very, very practical, and it was practical because you know he tells us very clearly what he does. He rolls up his sleeves. He gives practical help. He actually gets involved. He um, binds up the wounds. He takes him on his beast. Uh, He gives the money, the silver coins, uh, to. The innkeeper, and so it says, Look, if if once you've used up that, I'll give you some more. It's It's very practical. Jesus is bringing a very practical answer. He doesn't get lost in some kind of spiritual, theological point here. He actually just wants to bring it right down to this is what it means by loving your neighbor, this is what it means by loving one another. So let's. Let's look at some of the positive points. Let's, uh, let's kind of see some of the Christ-like characteristics. Okay, so I've got these five Christ-like characteristics. Compassionate, practical, humble, genuine, knowing the author. And I, I particularly want to kind of focus in on this first one. I think all the other things follow... If we have a heart that is open to being compassionate. I think the heart is really important. Um, Jesus, we see, it's a number of times. It's just moved with compassion. Matthew twenty thirty four Called on to help those um, that were blind. And he says, moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight. John 11, it says, so Jesus again became deeply moved within, came to the tomb. There's there's an emotional part of this. There's an emotional part. Rather than it just being kind of all sort of kind of distant, as an emotional, we get stirred emotionally. Jesus gets stirred emotionally. He is moved with compassion and then he acts. <clears throat> the Samaritan was moved with compassion and then he did these things. Because he's stirred, And as I said, because he turns himself around, instead of just thinking, oh, well, that's your problem, mate. He turns it around and puts himself in the person's shoes. He's moved with compassion. We see the same with Nehemiah when he sees that actually the walls have been kind of broken down. He's moved, he's stirred, he's crying to God. And that actually stirs him to do something about it i think it's so important that we stay soft to the plight of other people that we don't just get all kind of so we can get too practical in this and that we actually get too distant and actually god's saying no no i want you to be stirred i want you to kind of you need your heart stirred otherwise you're never going to really do anything or you're just going to you're just going to tip your cap to it you're just going to stick a couple of you know, a quid in the person. So you're not going to get stirred. That's, you know, I want you to be stirred. And I really think this is important for us. Um, As I said, the Pharisees were lacking, I think they were lacking in compassion. I think, you know, and he's saying, I want you to be a people that actually get stirred by each other's needs. Secondly, um, I, I, I want to just kind of land the practical thing of sort of saying, you know, we need to be practical. Um, what does that mean for us as a church? What does it mean here for one another? Can I look after somebody's, some, somebody's kids for the evening so they can go out um, to the cinema or go and have a meal together? Ask the question and say, when was the last time you went out with your wife? Well, or husband, and actually had a, had a meal together without the kids. The trouble is, you know if you ask the question, kind of like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that might mean I've got to put a night aside. I'm a, I don't know how, how good I am with the kids. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what it's about. Can I buy some ready meals? Can I provide some food? doesn't have to be an expensive thing, but can I, can I just help this out? I think we're, we're, we're pretty good at that as a church, and we, kinda, we, we have that kind of going on, and WhatsApp kind come, of comes through. This would be really great to help this person. I'm just saying, let's be people who are motivated not just when the WhatsApp comes, but actually out of our own, ourselves, because we actually see it, and we see the need, and we want to act on it. Maybe you, Maybe it's things like, I should put this person up for a few months in my house. Maybe it's, I could, this person needs a car. I, I'm giving my car away, I could get a grand for it, but I'm gonna give it away, because I just wanna be. I'm putting myself in that situation, thinking Man, they're never gonna afford that, but I could. Put yourself in that situation. Paying for somebody to have a holiday. (laughs) Maybe just calling in weekly to see somebody that's sick, that doesn't have much opportunity to get out. Thirdly, humble. Humble. Don't do it in a patronizing way. Oh, let me help you there. You know, kind of like as a kind of thing. Actually, Keep it, you know, there's times when we want to keep things anonymous. There's times when we're, we're doing it because we're doing it unto God, not because we want to get favor of man. Uh, and I think that's really important. Um, the Samaritan realized he could help this guy. He was a humble man. The kind of question is left hanging, what happened to the other two? Why did they not feel the same way? There was no sense of kind of lording it over this kind of beaten up traveler. He helped and there was a genuine humility as he helped. Do you hear what I'm saying? We need to have a kind of humble attitude as we do it. That we're kind of sharing out of kind of like, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm not sort of over you. I'm kind of like, I'm just like you. I'm just, any way I can help. Fourthly, just keep it genuine I think just thinking, looking at the passage um, there's a lot in scripture about speaking the truth in love Okay, and Jesus is actually he's keeping it genuine with this guy Jesus is keeping it genuine he's being um, he's being honest with him he's being genuine with him he's not, he could have fired back he could have beaten him at a theological argument so easily and kind of fired back and he doesn't he he actually brings this parable so the guy goes oh right yeah no I've got it there's a kind of there's something loving but clear about what he's saying I think it's 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 truth and love together um Sometimes Anne might say to me, "What do you think of this new dress?" <coughs> and I'm, you know, I'm thinking, oh, "Yeah." Um, mm. Now, what she doesn't want to hear is, "Yeah, well, it kind of, it, it's not great on you because it kind of like shows a couple of pounds, right?" That's not what she's wanting to hear. What she's, I know what she's wanting to hear. She wanted to hear, "Does this dress look better than that dress? Does this accentuate?" The gifts that god 's given me, the shape that I am that 's what it 's saying. Uh, uh, does this look better than that uh, and uh, as, as you can guess i haven 't checked this story out uh, uh, <coughs> would i would I ever uh, <coughs> but there's a but there 's nuance in it because you 're actually you you're, you're trying to you're trying to say something that 's it's not just, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's great. And you're like, what well, if you keep saying it's great for everything? Then you're just thinking, hang on a minute, you know, <laughs> can I trust what you're really saying? So you're wanting to say some truth, but you're also wanting to say some love as well. And you're wanting to combine those things. And I think, I'm trying to use that as a slightly funny example, but I, uh, I think we need to work those things as we help one another in the church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Um... I don't want to miss this point. Maybe the band can come up. <clears throat> um, I don't want to miss this point right at the end. Okay. And I'm calling this point knowing the author. Um, knowing the author. There are times where you're thinking, you know what? I just don't have any love left for this person. Okay. And you know what God says? I know. And that's why I am God. And I am love. And what we need to do at that moment is we need to say, and God, I need more of you. I just need more of you. Because actually I don't have enough love. We don't have enough love for everyone all the time, all the things. And that's why we need him. And we need to know the author. We need to know the author of love that actually come. I say it, you know, for, again for married couples. If you're at a place where you're like, you know what? I, we're just going through a hard time right now. You need to pray and say, God, I need the author of love to fill me again. And we need love for one another to actually help us to genuinely care to genuinely keep it practical to genuinely pour it out so that it um it really benefits amen should we stand